I quoted this a few minutes ago, but let's look at it. The healer is in the house. The healer is in the house. If you need healing, just reach out and take your healing. Glory to God. It belongs to you. Healing is the children's bread. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 20. My son. I'm sorry, Proverbs chapter 4. Of course, you all know that. You got the Holy Ghost. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. My son, attend to my words. What's attend mean? Get busy. Give my words attention. You know, you can't watch Seinfeld and give God's word attention at the same time. It's the truth. You can't watch the news and give God's word attention at the same time. I'm not saying you shouldn't watch the news. But if you're in a fight for your life, or you're dealing with something that's serious, you need to stop giving other things attention and give the Word of God attention. If you're not getting the results that you're satisfied with, then something else is taking up your attention. Because we're going to read here in a minute that there is a certain individual who will find the Word. Not everybody finds the Word. You have to search for the Word. He said that when you search for wisdom like a precious jewel, Jesus said when you search the kingdom of God, he said the kingdom of God is likened unto a man who finds a precious pearl and he sells everything he has to buy that land that has that pearl. When it becomes that important to you, when it becomes first and foremost in your life, my son, get busy with my word. Incline your ear Unto my sayings. What does that mean? It means you need to also put the word of God in your ear. Let yourself hear the word. Say the word out your mouth. Put in a tape on healing. Get the word going. Listen to the word. If you need help in that area, we'll give you a healing scripture CD for free. I'll give you a book on healing for free. So that you can inundate yourself with God's word. And begin to take it like you take your medicine. Like you take your vitamins. Let them not depart from your eyes. What does that mean? It means you got to open up the book and put the book in your eyes. Put the words in your eyes. Let them not depart from your Let them not depart from your from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Notice keep. Keep is the Hebrew word shamar, and it means to protect, to attend to or to guard. We guard this building. We make sure the doors are locked. We set the alarm when we leave. We're attending to this building. We're guarding it. We're protecting it. He says you need to protect your heart so that the word doesn't get out. That that means that if you have a diagnosis of whatever, then you need to put a whole lot more word in you than you put information about the diagnosis. You need to guard your heart with God's word. Verse 22. For they are life unto those, notice this, to those that find them. And health, the Hebrew word for health literally means medicine. 
If you look in most of your Bibles, in the margin of your Bible, you'll see it says medicine to all their spirit. Is that what it says? Put your eyes on it. To all their soul. To all their feelings and emotional hurts and heartaches. What does it say? Flesh. What is flesh? Your liver, your kidney, your pancreas, your female organs, your prostate, your bones, your skin, your flesh, this corruptible body. He says the word is like taking medicine and it will produce healing and life in your body. The word of God... cannot be health to either soul or body before it is heard, received, and attended to. Notice that woman did not receive healing until she heard that Jesus was a healer. There were all kinds of people bumping up against him, but she's the one that got it. Why? Because the word was deposited in her heart, and she believed that word. Notice here that the words of God are life only to those that find them. If you want to receive life and healing from God, take time to find the words of Scripture that promise these results. When God's word becomes health to all your flesh, your cancer, your arthritis, every sickness and every disease will be gone. Again, John 15, 7, if my words abide in you and you abide in me, you can ask what you will and it shall be done. If my words abide in you and you abide in me, you can ask what you will and it shall be done. God tells us exactly how to attend to his words. He says, let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. Instead of having your eyes on your symptoms and being occupied with them, complaining, talking about them all the time, let God's word not depart from your eyes. Look on them continually just like Abraham and become strong in faith by looking at the promises of God and nothing else. If you have to talk about that problem that you're going through, then you should spend 10 more times talking about the answer and not the problem. That's one thing that irritates me more than anything is always hearing the problem, always hearing the problem. I tell my staff, don't bring me the problem, bring me the solution. You got to tell me about the problem, don't hide it from me, but I'm more interested in fixing it than I am in thinking about it and meditating the problem. Do you know what meditating the problem produces? It produces anxiety. It produces gray hair. It produces bleeding ulcers. It produces lack of sleep. It produces all kinds of demonic things, and it doesn't help you. But I got news for you. If you meditate the answer, meditating the answer will produce health and life in your flesh. Glory to God. As the only way a seed can do its work is by being kept in the ground. What is the ground? Your spirit. So the only way that God's imperishable seed of his word can effectually work in us 
is by being kept in the midst of our hearts. That's why you can't allow anything to steal it. Many of you in a few moments as we pray are going to receive instantaneous miracles in your body. Those of you that have pain in your body, that pain is going to go. Those of you that have other symptoms in your body, the symptoms are going to go. But Satan will come to steal the word that's in your heart. And if you believe the symptom more than you believe the word of God, then you will have the symptom and not the word of God. The word produces life and medicine to those that find them, to those that say, I believe God's word more than I believe what I see and what I feel. You remember in Mark chapter 4, the parable of the sower, the, the sower sows the word and Satan comes immediately to steal the word. What does he do? He puts that pain back on your body to get you to try to believe it. Can't Satan do that? Does he have that authority? Yes, he does. 2 Corinthians 4, 4 says he is the God, little g, of this world. Luke 10, 19 says, Behold, I give unto you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and overcome all the dunamis of the enemy. And nothing by any means shall harm you. Why would nothing harm them? Because they lay hold on the word of God. They believe God's word more than they believe anything in this world. Praise God. When the farmer gets his seed into the ground, he does not go and dig it up every day to see how it's doing. But he says, I am glad that that word is settled. That seed is in the ground. And he believes the seed has begun to work. Even in the natural, he believes that it's going to produce. He believes that it's going to produce. He believes that it's going to produce. Colossians 1.29, whereunto I also labor, striving according to his working, which worketh in me mightily. Paul said the word of God is working in me mightily. Paul, he said the word of God is working in me. Come on, say it with me. The word of God is working in me. Point to yourself. The word of God is working in me. Mightily. Say, the word of God is working in me. Mightily. The word working in the Greek is the Greek word energeia. And it means, here's one of the definitions in the Greek that it says. In the New Testament, this word is only used to describe superhuman power, whether of God or of the devil. So when Paul said that the word is working, he said that there is a supernatural power that's going on on the inside of me. And he put his faith in it. I'm going to give you three essential things and I want you to write them down. Three essential things. This passage in Proverbs shows us the method of obtaining results from the promises in God's word. Number one. There must be an attentive ear. There must be an attentive ear. What is an attentive ear? It's someone who says, I believe God's promises no matter what. I believe God's word no matter what. When I read it, I may not understand it. I may have thoughts that it's not for me today, but I'm going to give an attentive ear to what his word says. Number two, there must be the steadfast look. There must be the steadfast look. 
What does that mean? Don't let it depart from your eyes. The steadfast look. When you sense something trying to pull you over into fear, something trying to pull you over there that that I'm going to die, I'm I'm not going to make it, I'm going to die with this disease, there's a steadfast look. You pull yourself back to the Word of God and you put the Word back into your eyes and you put it back in your mouth and you speak it. Number three, there must be the enshrining heart. There must be the enshrining heart. What's a shrine? A shrine is something we put something into. He says, keep the word in the midst of your heart. When your eyes are upon your symptoms and your mind is occupied with them more than God's word, you have in the ground the wrong kind of seed for the harvest that you desire. You have the ground seeds of doubt. You are trying to raise one kind of crop from another kind of seed. Should I say that again? You have in the ground the wrong kind of seed when you have doubt in there for the harvest that you desire. You have in the ground seeds of doubt. You are trying to raise one kind of crop from another kind of seed. It is impossible to sow tares and reap wheat. Your symptoms may point you to death, but God's word points you to life. And you cannot look in these opposite directions at the same time and expect the power of God to be manifested. Now let's close in Isaiah 53. Years ago, I was seeking the Lord for some real serious symptoms and things that I was going through. This is 2000, back in, two, back in 2001. And the Lord led me to go to Isaiah 53 and look up every single word in the Hebrew and to translate it a little bit differently than King James so that I could clearly get a picture and an understanding. Does anybody know what that's called? Meditating the word. Meditating the word. Meditate means to mutter it under your breath. But you have to understand it. So I I translated it. Let's first read it in the King James, verse 1. Isaiah 53. Who has believed our report? So he's asking a question. Who's believed it? And to whom... Is the arm of the Lord revealed? Well, it kind of answers the question. The arm of the Lord is revealed unto those who believe the report. Verse 2. For he, talking about Jesus, the Messiah, shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground. He has no form nor comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men. A man of sorrows. This Hebrew word sorrows really should have been translated pain. And he is acquainted with grief. This word grief should have been translated sickness or disease. And we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely, someone say surely. Surely. 
He has borne our griefs, our sicknesses, and carried our sorrows, our pains. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace. This word peace is the Hebrew word shalom. Was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. Some people will say, well... You know, that's all good, and, and, and he did do that because I'm saved, and, and he died so that I could receive healing in my emotions. Well, write down Matthew chapter 8, verse 17. And when even was, verse 16 says, And when even was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils. And he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Himself, say it with me, himself, himself. took my infirmities and bore my sicknesses. Now here's the translation from Isaiah 53. This is taking the Hebrew words and just simply using different English words to say the same thing. Who has trusted in our doctrine? Who is able to find the power of Jehovah? He, Jesus, shall shoot forth and bud as a tender plant and as a root out of a desert, thirsty ground. To fallen man, Jesus has no beauty or honor. And when looked upon, his appearance is not desirable or pleasant. When is this talking about? Does anybody know? Is this all of Jesus' life? No. Jesus was a, was a good-looking man. Jesus was respected. But when he went to the cross, he was rejected by all, not by some, by all. Peter rejected him. His own apostles rejected him. They all rejected him. Verse 3, he is viewed as one who is vile and despicable. He is vacated and left destitute by men, a man of pain, which produces sorrow and grief. And having experienced sickness and disease, we hid our faces from looking on him. He is viewed as one who is vile and despicable. And we did not even consider him as one who was sent by God. With absolute certainty, he has personally carried to be taken away our pain. Oh, glory to God. I'm going to say that again. He personally carried to be taken away our pain. Say it with me. He personally carried to be taken away my pain. This pain which produces sorrow and grief. And he personally carried our sicknesses. And diseases. Despite all of this, 
we considered him to have been plagued and beaten by God, Elohim, and weakened through submission. But for the reason of our rebellion, his skin was beaten in the way that men callously gather grapes to be crushed. Because of our moral failure caused by our sin, he was also crushed on the inside and bruised with internal bleeding. What was needful to bring us shalom, complete wholeness, was upon him. And with his wounds and bruises, we are healed, repaired, and made whole. That word in the Hebrew is Rapha. He is Jehovah Rapha. He is the Lord 